Hey, TJ. Sorry, just breaking news. I was just scrolling Instagram before I called you, and um, Zach Bia did post uh, screenshots from his inclusion in the NBA 2K video game. So, uh, <laughs> Is he a I, playable I just wanted- character? I think he might be. So I just want to want to point out again that we are losers. Uh, no, I mean you know this is this is it's reeks of nepotism. If you ask me, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure because, because, because I also he... have been a club promoter slash DJ. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, why I did not? And I am actually the size of a basketball player. My proportions you, would fit in perfectly <laughs> on NBA 2K, but no. I don't, I don't know if you follow uh, Bia. If you don't, you should. That's to everybody. I think but I do. he he does have a wet jumper. I've seen the videos. <laughs> <laughs> so you're le- you're letting me know that he's low key nice with it from from the lines. Zach from Bia 10? is low is low key nice with it from the top of the key. I can't even front. Damn. Well, I mean, I guess you kind of have to be when you're five seven, right? <laughs> yeah. If you can't, <laughs> no shade. If you can't dunk uh, and you can't, you know, really like you ain't got handles like like me, mm-hmm. then you better be you better have a wet jumper like yeah. Drake. If you can't dunk like TJ, have great it, handles like Chris Black, you you better be. I good. be I be feeding I be feeding the ball like a damn soup kitchen out there. You already know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> selfless on and off the court. The way the way that Chris, I'm sorry the, the way that he. Dishes up those rocks as if I'm feeling. I, uh, you know, I'm feeling. As if I am a house, houseless, house. What is it called again? I forgot. Uh, houseless. Yes. My into I'm my feeling, houseless I'm, mouth. I'm feeling silly today. I don't know. <laughs> um, is it is it the CBD gummies talking? I mean, I'm I'm feeling a little silly today as well because my Wi-Fi has been down all day. My life partner's parents are in the house right now. They're talking, they're knitting, there's lunch being made and prepared. You know, stress and anxiety is in the air coming from her side. I'm just kind of cruising and I'm like, hey guys, I got to do an important podcast today with I'm sure, my friend I'm sure Chris her Black. Pa- I'm sure her parents are like, what's your white boyfriend doing in the other room with his computer? <laughs> I'm doing my, yeah, TJ's <laughs> special work. Get out! Yeah. Get out! <laughs> Close the door behind you! Close it! Well, well uh, I mean, okay. Do you think they do you think they understand what a podcast is? No. I mean, I don't think so. I think um it's probably know, for the better. Yeah, I I just tell them it's like radio. It's like YouTube without without the without the seeing, perhaps. Hey, you guys you guys listen to Joe Rogan, right? It's like that. Uh just just yeah, just yeah. a little a, a little calmer and a little less popular. Her dad's like, "Oh, yeah, duh." Yeah, I fucking love Rogan. You see my kettlebells? They're fucking monkeys. <laughs> yeah, her mom was like, "Yeah, after I mean, after call her daddy split up, like honestly, I haven't even been checking for podcasts that much." <laughs> I mean, cuz like, I mean, Jason, it's just not the same. I'll say it. J- Jason, have you been following the Red Scare merch debacle? I mean, it's pretty crazy. Like, I hope my order shows up. Yeah, I mean, I included that a little little tip of the cap to that debacle in in my current cultural fan fiction that i'm penning as we speak um but yeah mm. it, it, the deplatforming happens at some point you know when you when you when you have the the patreon pirate ship and you can do and say whatever you want patreon pirate ship. <laughs> you uh you, know, you don't you don't need corporate sponsorship brand alignment blah blah but blah you know what you to do pay need, the jason you need an e-com platform we all do mm-hmm. Mm. Shout out to our friends at Big Cartel. 
Uh, shout out to our friends at Shopify. You know, big yeah. shout outs to PayPal, the triple triple OG of this shit. Yeah, I like that we still have a big cartel site. It lets people know that we are as old as you think we are. You know? Yeah, yeah. You you think it's just two forty year old guys talking, and you're fucking right. Yeah, I uh, look at Shopify I, I, the way I look at TikTok. I'm like, what are these? <laughs> what are these youths doing? I actually, we we will make the migration uh, to Shopify in the near future. Um, once once uh, you know, we have a little downtime, but the the trap is booming so hard that it's it's tough mm-hmm. to just do that. You can't just shut it off. Yeah, I mean, much like the. Uh, many of the Mexican drug cartels, when you have a, a cartel as big as ours, it is tough to just <laughs> stop. As they say, you know, it takes a long time to turn a big boat around in the ocean. You, you know what? It, you know what it reminds me of. You know, when you're driving on the highway and you mm. see, you look off to the left or right, and there's that long runway for 18 wheelers to run off the road if they lose control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it, that that that's what it feels like to me. I'm sorry, I'm getting excited for our road trip, so I'm thinking about the open road. You're thinking about the open road. Yeah, you you love driving by and you see in that little downhill, and then the like a little gravel road, and then what looks to exactly. be a cool. X game style ski jump. Exactly. That exactly. is meant to keep an 18 wheeler full of you're gonna, Tyson chicken breasts from t- plummeting, <laughs> plummeting to its cold death. Because when, when TJ's at the wheel, gone off the Gossamer CBD drops, mm-hmm. you know, I could see the, I could see us, you know, swerving. Yeah, and, I'm, and Chris- I'm, I'm beefed up on Gossamer. I'm putting 200 milligrams on the dash of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, oh god Ooh, baby. it's honestly it's honestly it's too real but i'm thinking about you know my dad uh has been a long suffering uh he has a hard time sleeping mm. um so i am honestly considering copping some uh some cbd some sort of cbd product for my dad to sleep and trying to dose him um how are you going to be able to dose him without him knowing though are you going to have to like get a little cbd capsule powder and then mix it in with his his coffee in the morning in, uh, in well, replace of a of a layered superfood non-dairy creamer <laughs> he doesn't drink coffee and he, he only really drinks water to be honest so i think maybe what <laughs> maybe what i could do is i could just slip the i could slip the powder into like a fruit plate or something could i just sprinkle it on you know what maybe every single day you get you you get the the jar of hellman's mayonnaise and you empty out a, <laughs> damn it don't do that you, you empty out don't about two, 20 milligrams of freshly driven cbd pow pow into that stir it up for for mummy's secret little mayonnaise spread and then every day for his his 12 15 tuna salad on on white He'll he'll be sucking it down. And no one is the worst. You're coming. You're coming for my parents in a way that I feel like you don't realize you're going to be sitting across the table from them in just days. So it's what, interesting. Do you think that it is insulting to consume mayonnaise, one of my favorite foods of all time? <laughs> I, the tone the tone in your voice leads me to believe that you're saying that mayonnaise is for a basic Southern white person, and mm. I don't disagree that that's what we are. But you can't say that. I can, you can't. You know what I mean? Damn, bro. I mean, call Kodak because someone's projecting right now. This is <laughs> don't. <laughs> this, this is you know. This is maybe all you should bring created in your mind, Chris. Don't worry. Maybe you should bring some Sir Kensingtons for my parents to show them how good the good life can be. Bro, if if you can tell me how to get Sir Kensington, <laughs> Sir Kensingtons through TSA security, <laughs> fucking. Let me know, cause uh, I, I'd be a millionaire. 
Here's what you should do. You should wear your Red Scare ISIS logo tee and then and then have a have a Rimawa full of Sir Kensington's mayo and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And just see just see what happens. See if they stop you or not. Balls because in I, you your know court, I, TSA. Exactly, you fucking pussies. I got fully, you know, I got fully searched. I had the bomb squad come for a for a candle when I was flying from LA to here. I'm sorry, the bomb squad? Yeah, because did, they, did they, a robot have to remove your 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 ASAP? The Byredo was the secure with a, the Byredo, with a robotic the, claw. No, but it, they wiped it and like made me wait, and they were like, "Sorry, this won't clear. This won't clear." I, like a, a, a literally a specialist with a shirt on, like a shirt that said "Bomb Squad," came over no and looked at it. Yeah, it was insane. Damn. Yeah, I mean, we've all we've all faced those problems of. And I, you know, I want to say something right now. We think COVID is the disease, but you know what's the disease, Jason? Is fucking terrorism. Fuck, damn! I guess I never don't thought for, about that. I mean, I don't mean, forget about the original COVID. Okay, that's the original COVID. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say like diseases terrorize your body. Whoa, mm. whoa, whoa, yeah! Move over, damn. ISIS. So you, so you did, you know, to circle back, you did secure the Red Scare merchandise before their their ecom platform. I was, were I, I was able, I was able to purchase a pink long sleeve shirt um, that mm-hmm. is. Probably out of my realm of actual wearing, but it was more to support the gals and, and their movement. Yeah, I mean, you would never wear a shirt that had a logo on it anyway, really. So this was definitely just a, a, a patronizing purchase. Yeah, it was, a, it was a purchase, but it also can go into the, the deep archives of th- the thousands of T-shirts that I have to remind me of different times in, in popular culture, mm-hmm. Jason. And that's that's what I do this for, you know, because... <clears throat> you know, it, it, this stuff doesn't need to be worn to be remembered and to be important. Well, you know, you were talking about while you're on your holiday break procuring a a customized rubber stamp to to that's that's actually in the place works on all of the books in your library. But have you thought about some type of tag being made that you that can be sewn into all of your archival garments to mm-hmm. to let people that's know a- that this is from the closet of of senior senior negro that's a great that's a great idea but unfortunately i think that i will eventually do a high profile grailed sale at some point you know what i mean mm-hmm. um, yeah that much would, like it ra- would lower the resale value if you were sewing yeah the, a lot of that that unworn supreme you know you can't have a tag in there that ain't a bogo you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i i'd like to protect the, okay, the well, architecture of the clothing try this on for size then hotshot what about <laughs> a black light sensitive kind of invisible garment dye tag thing so as a way of second step third party authentication so if Mm. someone's like let me call is this a legitimate chris black archival piece i don't know hit it with Mm. the black light test room raider style if it has a c (laughs) if it has the cb (laughs) if it has the cb stamp on there you know you got yourself a a grizzle this, this is something, actually, this sounds like an idea for StockX that we should propose to them and sell them the IP, Jason. That's what that sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be You called- already fucked up by giving it away to all these mouth breathers listening to this podcast. Don't worry. I edit this podcast. I will forget to edit this part out, which will seal the fate of my future because the name, it's already called a blacklight. So, I mean, this the story writes itself. You know what I mean? Are you saying a crisp blacklight? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't mind that idea. Okay, good. I mean, you are, you are kind of a psychedelic fella. You always I, I, you always love yeah. zoning out to the to this to the B sides and rarities of a Led Zeppelin or a 
<laughs> yeah, that's Jefferson what I Airplane. As you every every <laughs> your bedroom every ceiling. day every day on the way to Barry's boot camp, I just I just blast Dark Side of the Moon mm-hmm. and really get into my fucking little bag in the Impala. Yeah, when's the last time you really blasted Dark Side? Be honest. Uh, uh, never actually. Really, I'm not a big fan of that 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 type of music. Um, Damn. personally, but okay. neither are you. So, what's the EDM version of Dark Side of the Moon? Justice, um, fucking bass nectar, you fucking bitch. <laughs> no, I don't know. Infected mushroom, Jesus. What is that? Open your mind. No, I mean, I'm I'm just thinking of like psychedelic trance. That is a, a style of EDM that's probably the most twisted and cursed. People would call it psy trance, but it's kind of like bad trance music that has a sci-fi undertone to it. That sounds like truly the worst genre of music ever invented. I know. One time I DJed a rave deep into the <laughs> deep into the trenches of Mexico in like on a beach in Rosarita and there were like four different rooms or four different tents, I guess. And I was playing on like the house music tent, which was the was was not the biggest tent. It was the, I had a the, feeling. the side the, the side trance area. Got we know all you were playing attention. in the biggest tent. No matter what the <laughs> genre was, we know your ass wasn't playing in the biggest tent. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying, ain't... I'm saying, of all the styles of music, like if there's like a like a dubstep, a hip hop room, a, a house music, a trance, whatever. But like of all the styles, the psy trance room in this Mexican rave was the booming spot. Whereas in any other rave I would ever go to, that would be like the back closet that had 17 people in it. <laughs> Wow, big room TJ coming through with the bops. Things, um, things change down Mexico way, but let's let's get uh, into our guest today. Should, should yeah, we? we have we have a we have a guest, uh, Nick Haramis, who is the editor in chief of of the famed Interview Magazine, Andy Warhol's Interview Magazine, um, <laughs> which is which has gone under some cool changes lately. I like that they've changed the size, the design is crazy. Uh, the new issue is out, I think now or very soon. Uh, it has Lakeith Stanfield on the cover, shot by Nick Sethi, mm-hmm. um, and. Styled by former guests of the show, mm-hmm. G- Gabby. Gabby laid it down. It's a great. It's it's. They did it remote, and it's the first remote shoot that I've actually liked. Like I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. I got to see the PDF of the new issue, and there's just like guys look like ten interviews in it, and it's like oh here's it's just a it's a real who's who of inter- who is interviewing who a home run. Well that. That's kind of what Interview Magazine is known for, Jason. It's, you know, before Beyonce was not allowing journalists to interview her, Interview Magazine was letting celebrities Look, talk I, I know, in depth. I know that that's what Interview Magazine does. You get a celeb to interview another celeb, but I'm saying this was like the all star game. It you was. Know, it was like, dang, we know, just we, heavy hitter we know, after heavy hitter. We know your little guy stood at attention when you saw Cassie David and Lord in Convo. You got you got um, Aubrey Plaza being interviewed by Adam Sandler. Diplo interviewed a K-pop group. Like there, someone was doing their homework. I mean, the the range is crazy. Uh, mm. Let's 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 bang his line. Oh my god! Hi. Wait, why am I the only one on camera? Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the big leagues, baby. We know how to turn it off. <laughs> like, I want to get mine off. How's it, how's it going? Oh wait, got it. There you go. Uh, it's going well. How are you, Nick? Uh, I am well. I'm uh, at my new, or I guess not so new anymore, home office. Uh, just working away. Just wor- well. So I, I, you know, during the beginning of quarantine, didn't you relocate to a remote location? We, um, yeah. My, uh, 
my birthday was on March 10th, which was also right around like the day before we closed our spring issue. And then uh, like a day later, I think I had the last like unbeknownst to us, us like super spreader event. And then everything. <laughs> and, uh, then my boyfriend and I, we live here we're in Greenpoint. Um, things started to seem a little bit spooky and I'm from Canada, so we couldn't go back there. So, um, oh no, not another be- another wonderful Canadian on this podcast. I had no idea. What yeah. what 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 province are you from, eh? Roller coaster of manners. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we went to Minnesota, which is where my boyfriend's family is from, and they live in the northern part of the state. Uh, and yeah, we were there. We decided to kind of go for maybe a week, um, and we were there for six months. So Minnesota is basically Canada, though, right? It's, uh, you know, it's funny because Misha was always like, my boyfriend was always telling me how relative to Canada, how Minnesotans were so much, even like, <laughs> are polite. Uh, and I got there and the first time that I went, I like got off at the airport in, uh, in Minneapolis and I lit a cigarette. I was still like smoking at the time, I guess. And, um, well, so this, is a long, this is a long-term relationship. Good to know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got, <laughs> I don't know. I just like my first experience with like the politeness of I, I was quickly I realized the fallacy of that of their I was like I just keep getting yelled at by people. But yeah, over over time they're nice. <laughs> so what so what do you do in so are you in so you're in rural Minnesota for six months. Can you I, I don't that that feels like that would take some time to acclimate to. Um we yeah I think I would have gone totally bonkers had we gone back to my family uh to live were you wait wait hold on hold on were you living with his family or were you in your own place oh yeah yeah no we were in this oh childhood. shit oh shit uh okay that makes it a little different you you, you buried the lead yeah yeah i'm sorry so we were with uh margie arno his parents and then pasha his brother and so there were five of us in the house that he grew up in and uh i they think all, they it- all have very cool exotic names though yeah, but I think her actual names like Misha's actual name is Michael. In any case, yeah, we went back, and I think I would have gone totally nuts had it been my own family because you kind of can't help but revert into that adolescent attitude or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a guest in um, in somebody else's place, I was it was. It was so nice. I, I had a great time. Um, and I kind of acclimated from day one. It was like cold and we like wore slippers and drank tea and watched movies. And I was like sold from the gut. I, I just can't do it. I have not. I can't slow down. And this quarantine hasn't changed that. Like, I just have no interest in that. It's, it's, it's bad, I think. Yeah, Chris Black is like a shark. If he if he stops moving, he will die. Whereas <laughs> I could take six months off with the Ugg boots on, blasting the holiday for the seventeenth time with a cup of cocoa, just like you. <laughs> I you know it wasn't like I stopped work somehow became more efficient because uh, there weren't like all the trappings of magazine editorship. There weren't like things that I had to go to or. Um, the assistants fighting to bring you Starbucks. We know it's glamorous. You don't have to boast. Yeah. <laughs> if only anyone had a glimpse into how to... Uh, <laughs> there are no dueling assistants for my coffee. Um, but uh, I don't know. With all with like, with like removing all the trappings, 
it's second. We um, it took us a second to kind of find footing and figure out how to make a magazine remotely um, from you know my in laws' kitchen table. Um, but we kind of did, and it was it was it was great. And so like yeah, there was the there was the like the higgy. Is that how you say? It? There was like the cozy part mm-hmm. uh, off hours. But then I kind of got into a routine, you know. I mean, this kind of feels like a, a great holiday movie plotline of like you bond, bonding with your boyfriend's mother about like you know we're gonna build Interview Magazine. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was like second. Can act. I help? <laughs> where Can I help? Where have you guys been throughout the entire thing? Well, I've. Um, or am I not? Do I, am I allowed to ask questions? Everyone already knows what you've been up to. Is that right? No, no, you, no of course, please. no, please. We. This is an open. This is this is an open forum for dialogue. Uh, no, I went to Montreal, and then I went to. I took a road, a southern road trip from New York to Atlanta with some stops. Uh, then I was in LA for six months, and now I'm back in Atlanta. Okay. And I've just been in LA, but you know. Uh, little road trips here and there, but no, no major travel. I haven't been on an airplane, you know, since the quarantine. But that's yeah, going to no- change uh, come Christmas. Where are you headed? I'm going to go to Chris's. I'm going to go visit Chris's homeland of of Atlanta, and then kind of bop around to a couple couple southern yeah, cities. I, yeah, we're doing a a small southern road show. Uh, that Nashville, uh, Asheville, and uh, Charleston, all my favorite spots. All the Vils. We're gonna go. Have you been? Eat. Have you been to the South, Nick? Um, no, no. <laughs> He's been to South Canada. <laughs> yeah. Border towns mostly. I, mean, I, went to, I went when you said Montreal. I went to college in Montreal, so I know. Are you a McGill? Are you a McGill graduate? Yeah, I went to the Harvard of the North. Um, we love. We love only only graduates of McGill call it the Harvard of the North. That's why it, I like that phrase. Is the most cringe thing. Like during you know, the first week of every school year, they would sell those sweatshirts that said that, um, and you were like seriously kind of like like proud of it, but also like mostly really embarrassed by it. Yeah, well, Harvard is also in the north. You know what I mean? So it's a little confusing. But I see what they're trying to do there. Uh, <laughs> are you from Toronto? Are you from Toronto? I'm from uh, I'm from Cornwall, Ontario, which is. Uh, it's like an hour from Montreal on the way to Toronto. It's on the Quebec border. Ontario. Holy shit! This is we got this is you're exotic. Nick, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, Nick, you are painfully Canadian, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, like full. <laughs> yeah. What like, uh? You, what's your brand you of cigarette? See? If you don't mind me asking. <laughs> what was the brand? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I smoked Belmont Miles, mm. of course, when I was in Canada, and then really get them here. Um. So I smoke Marlboro Lights, but, mm, okay. but then I got I classic did, man. I, I did hypnotherapy, and then uh, oh shit, it worked! It worked. It's so insane. I like I I did it on a whim. Uh, a friend's house. His dad was a hypnotherapist, and uh, everyone was kind of getting like fixing things about themselves, and I wasn't sure <laughs> what I wanted to do, and I wasn't even interested in quitting smoking. But I did that, and then. It just worked so well. I, I have not had a cigarette since. Really? How long did oh, the whole sh- process take? Well, that's the crazy part is because I kind of, I was under the impression uh, by the end of, I, I, we, so we were sort of sitting there and he does, um, he told me to go through my mental Rolodex, A to Z, Z to A, A to Z, like whatever. I, I don't totally know what that means, but <laughs> I 
kind of <laughs> when I was doing it. Uh, and then he kind of brought you out that way with like say, saying that refrain back and forth. Um, and I was like, oh, clearly it didn't work because no, you know, that was just two seconds ago. And he was like, no, you've actually been out for like 20 to 25 minutes. Um, Whoa. So there's a whole there's a whole span of time that I can't really account for. Uh, but yeah, it worked. Hmm. That's pretty. I was always under the impression that it took like three or four sessions. Or is that just hypnotists milking people for money? And since this was your friend's dad, it, 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 it was yeah. it was a little more to the point. I got the I got the discount. <laughs> the, the discount is one session. Look, sit down. We're gonna get, take care of this right now. Don't worry about. It. I'll never I never. Now, now, you again. now I'm wondering what other things you can remove from your, your yeah. What your did your friends, repertoire other than smoking? What did your friends remove? Um, I one of my friends. Uh, she wanted. She had a terrible fear of public speaking. Um, mm. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that she's ever like. I, I don't <laughs> tried it. She's like, well, we've been in quarantine, so you know. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know how effective that one was. And then Misha had been on um, that really bad. It was. I mean, news is so awful that it comes so quickly. But uh, there was like a front page Time story back in March of a couple years ago when there was an, a Turkish Airlines flight coming back. Uh, to New York, and um, it hit a pocket of air. Like nobody, the, the weather was totally fine, but um, nobody had their seatbelts on. So the turbulence was so bad that um, they were doing beverage card service, and the cards like hit the ceiling, and people were really injured. Holy shit! Um, it was a total horror story. Um, and then you know everyone survived, but there were a lot of people who got really uh, hurt, pretty banged up. And and, and uh, Misha was, you know, flew all the time. Uh, and so anyway, his was, his was to fly happily again. I didn't, I don't, that's a crazy ass story. They just, it, there was no weather. It was a total surprise. A beverage cart hitting the ceiling is a real visual. It's a terrifying visual. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was no, no clouds in the sky. It was like a totally normal day. And I, I guess I don't know really what I'm talking about, but there was like a, <laughs> Yeah, it was, welcome, it was just welcome a, to the club. It was just a freak accident. Uh, you got you you caught some bad air. That's what we say up there, us us flyboys. Yeah, so they caught a pocket of bad air, and uh, yeah, it was terrible. And they were low; they were close enough to New York that um, they had already begun, or they were about to begin their descent. And so um, they had uh, cell service. So like Misha was able to be tested. Um, like goodbye it was a really it was oh, a really shit. bad bad scene and so he really wanted to fix it because he flies a lot for work and he's an artist and bops around quite yeah. a bit so that's why we did it and the the sort of so i don't know that i thought that well nick i have to say that as as much of a horror story as that sounds like it really is making me miss flying and travel i gotta say it's been so long since i've taken a flight you know what i mean that's the takeaway from, from that <laughs> My takeaway is actually reminds me. Have you ever have you ever been cupped? And I'm talking about for your back. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you said cucked. No, 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 no. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. No, I've been I've been cupped. So I, I, you know, I had never experienced this before, but I was having serious elbow problems uh, from too much Barry's boot camp a couple of years ago, and the the uh, the acupuncturist who was doing the cupping was like, "Let's try some wet cupping." And it's where they prick your skin and suck blood out. 
because they say, and this is this is what it reminds me of, because you said bad air, they call it bad blood. Mm. And they wipe they wipe the blood away and show it to you, and it's like coagulated and it looks funny. And then I was healed. Wow. I know. Uh, is it is does it have anything to do? It sounds sort of I actually don't know if it's it, the vampire facial that I think was popular. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound similar. I've never done that, unfortunately, because I'm kind of my whole thing is I'm, I'm kind of willing to try anything. You have you had a vampire facial? No, no, God, no. But I but I, but I would love to. <laughs> God, God, no, God, but I definitely God, do. No, dying to. I mean, uh, also no Taylor Swift jokes at all yet, huh, guys? Okay, he's he did say <laughs> bad blood. Came up and then sort of passed me by. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I. I I have had like a facial. I went to like the the face gym place. Are you, you know Nick? You know what I'm talking about. Um, I, I can't say I do. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they they like massage your face, but it's like a it's like a facial in this way. Like it's it's pretty intense, but I highly recommend it. Okay. Okay. I've been going down this weird rabbit hole on Instagram where you know like uh, Bon Con begets more spawn con um mm. and so i'm getting uh the the reels the new like ig section of yes. edited videos where chiropractors will like you oh. know re- really rip at people's necks and do the big like cracking the ring uh, dinger have you have you seen the ring dinger I don't, I don't know i don't end up following any of them because i don't need to they're all my explorers like mm. only chiropractor horror videos but they're so satisfying <laughs> It's so funny you bring this up because I watch hours of these a week on YouTube. Yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah, Nick, this is literally Chris's wheelhouse. This is this is my beat. This is his Asian chicks. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my beat. <laughs> I find it. Uh, <laughs> I find it really soothing to watch, and like, and and like, I want I want it to be done to me. Like every everyone in my life thinks I'm a real freak, but it's actually. The ones I watch, it makes me want to get into like physiotherapy. It makes me want to give it all up and become like a hybrid chiropractor physiotherapist. Really? You want to do yeah. it? You want to, you want to do the cracking yourself? You want to administer on somebody else? I want it. I just think it's so. I just the the relief you bring people. It just seems like a real gift. Yeah, like I, it's God's touch. The, the psychology behind people who are really fascinated or obsessed with these types of videos. I, I I'm curious about what the through line is because I have some other friends who also are obsessed with watching these videos, and I wonder what the correlation is to you know why you get so much pleasure from that. It feels slightly less. It's like the people, the pimple popper people. Mm, yeah, uh, but those people are clearly like insane. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like, that's uh, where you draw the line. So yeah, the yeah. pimple popper is there to make chiropractor freaks feel a little bit better about themselves. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you, I, I know. I think I found it, Nick, because I was watching like fitness shit on YouTube. That's how I think it got served to me that way. Um, <laughs> I keep but, talking about how all I want for Christmas is the like um, the the really souped up Theragun. Oh, um, like the the pro version that's like eight hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, and like it, like it, you know, it purrs like a kitten, like you can't hear it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because my Theragun, I mean, it sounds like an old an old thirty eight Roadster turning over. Chug, 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 chug. <laughs> a lot of them do so then you can't kind of do it while you're watching tv which mm-hmm. is my preferred yeah i mean the yeah, subtitles can only do so much am i right 
That's true. Yeah. yeah, watching subtitles on a Bravo show while getting massaged is is uh, it's a lot to ask. I uh, I I got one of the newer ones and it's still pretty loud, but I think that's literally the only. I think the good one, like the eight hundred dollar one, it, it the arm is adjustable and it's quiet. That's the only difference. Yeah, well, I, I that's been my gateway to the chiropractic world. I think I keep talking about it, and so I assume that that's sort of why those things are showing up. Mm-hmm. I've also I've also noticed though on Instagram that you've been on a serious quarantine fitness journey, much like myself. It's um, really hard when your body. I want to hear about yours. It's really hard when your body uh, shifts not to want to just like show the world that it is shifting. I'm like, I was never aware of my body in a way, and now I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, things like it, it does it exists and does things. Did you um, not? Were you not? Were you not working out before, or were you just like a once a week Equinox guy, or what was the vibe? I had the Equinox membership, and uh, and like you know, it's some that felt like enough. Like I, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Having the app that you can scan in is good enough. That's the workout. Yeah, like I had it, and then I would like get the <laughs> owl, kind of like mm-hmm. It was some. I don't know. I just, I wasn't really using it to its full advantage, and then then uh, mm-hmm. I went to Minnesota and was like, oh, there's not tons to do here, and so I got a Zoom trainer, and uh, he is so wonderful, and I I see him twice a week, and it's become like, you know, my fit. It's been like I've started running too, and so there's that, and then I do the weight training with him, but then he's also a bit of a therapist. Like we talk about how we're feeling about the evolution mm. of COVID. Yeah. Uh, it's it's he's become many things to me. Uh, oh, we we really have a very similar COVID fitness arc. Tell me about you. Well, I mean, we talk about it a lot on the show, but I met a trainer in LA through. Do you know Ryan O'Connell? Yeah, of course. Yes, Ryan. Ryan introduced me to his trainer, and his name is Hunter. Um, and Say we just hit, we just hit it on. And he he basically introduced me to the rings, like the Olympic rings. Um, and all this like movement stuff. So I was seeing him three times a week in LA, like at a park. And I was I was running on my days off, but him and I it was a similar thing. It was like it, it was becoming a very important relationship in my life. <laughs> like the three days a week were what I look forward to it every morning. You know. Okay, guys, question for you: Have you found yourself over the months? He's you, your trainers have been taking care of mind, body, and spirit. Do you feel yourself emotionally cheating on your partner with your physical trainer? <laughs> the fear is there. It's funny. I'm like not even laughing at the question. Um, <laughs> Can, you know, please unpack that, Nick. People will hear me in the other room mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, and be like, it's, it's weird how <laughs> y'all are like talking about your feeling. And I can't really, I'm, mm. I wish I could give an example. It's just like the undercurrent of the conversations are always like, well, we're between lifting weights, sort of talking about, uh, yeah, how how where we're at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think it, it it really is. I've I've just never really had a trainer for a long period of time, and I feel like that maybe happens more often than we think. And we're both just fairly new to it, and yeah. may, and, and, and maybe we got lucky. Yeah, I think for I just, a lot of people, that's kind of part of the reason why you do it. You know, like I'm taking tennis lessons, but I ain't trying to learn tennis. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I I think that so you've but you've seen results, Nick, because you're looking fucking shredded. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, I've been running a lot too. I guess it's what? all like you know, there are none of it goes back to the sort of lack of uh, like extracurriculars of editorship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
not, I don't know, I'm not going to things. I'm not, there aren't dinners. There's not free champagne at things. <laughs> uh, so I'm not, you know, I'm not really drinking. I'm not, it, it's something to do. And it feels like a nice outlet. I felt like whenever uh, we went to Minnesota, um, it was like uh, there was a bit of a reset button that was hit. It felt really, I don't know, it felt nice. And, and being there in the middle of the woods, um, it was such a beautiful place to run. I just always hated running. Um, oh, so this is totally new for you. The running it, is totally, oh, wow, amazing. So what do we it, do? What's the program looking like? It's such an about face. Um, my program, are you asking me about what I do? Yeah, running specifically, yeah. <laughs> do two miles in the morning, uh, and then I do uh, five miles at night. And do- Let's go. I do a Saturday or Sunday off, and then the other day I do ten miles. Ooh, shit, Nick! My man. Um, how late at night are you doing your your running? <laughs> um, sorry, I was just thinking about how boring this has to be for anyone. Um, no, 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 no. You, well, no, this is, this I, I is literally that, what we talk about. I asked that because I was listening to an interview with uh, recently <clears throat> soft canceled David Sedaris, who said that he he will go on walks at midnight so when he wakes up in the morning he already has five miles logged for the day which oh. is like true freak behavior and, and you know it yeah, sounds like insane. you guys might be interested in some some type of activities like that i do often consider i'm also meditating everything's on an app right so like for mm. running Nike run club and uh and that has become are you are you in the like there's a media miles club you know no, I mean? no, I, was, I haven't been invited to this upper echelon. Uh, okay. Please let me know. I'm almost this convinced is that I did. <laughs> Chris, I've been on I, it for months. I, <laughs> Shut up. What'd you say, Nick? That I think I've been uninvited from it because I think I got too competitive and like it's not meant to be a competition. It's just like everybody kind of. <laughs> Who, like, what kind of people are these like are these is it like Sam Shuby and Liana Satinstein who like trained with Joe Holder? Or are we talking about everybody? It's mostly it's people um, specifically, um, not exclusively, but but um, a lot of people from the world of like uh, sports media and like. Oh, running. okay. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But I'm it's not totally a crew that I'm familiar with. Um, so, so you're out here competing with barstool sports interns, and you're wiping that you're killing them. <laughs> I was in the monthly uh, in the monthly challenges. I was coming first, <laughs> and. and they, they happen every month, you know, since since April. Um, and all of a sudden, I, like, didn't get the notification for the most recent one. And I'm pretty <laughs> convinced. <laughs> they were like, we don't want this guy. <laughs> well, can, consider your, your jersey to be retired in the rafters. You didn't exactly. you weren't kicked off. You were simply too good for this league. So you need to yeah, level exactly. up. I mean, you need to find a new league with more serious competition. Is what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, sports to me. media. All those fatties can't keep up with you. You need reals, just sports people. Yeah, yeah. You need athletes, not media. That's what's going on here. What yeah. what shoes? What shoes are you wearing? Well, the Nike humans were hooking me up, uh, mm. so they would need the the new. I was I was test driving the new sneakers. See the because we there's a big arc on this podcast where the four percent destroyed my ankle and I had to send them back. Well, it was okay. one of the biggest arcs of this year. But I <laughs> but I do wear I do wear the Epic React Flyknit now, which is giving my my the toe box is wider, giving my toes more room, giving me a better stride. I believe that I have, might have the Flyknit, Scott. See, like that's where you poke holes in me being an actual like a real runner because they're uh, 
they have like a rainbow swoosh on the side. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know yes. the pair. You know yeah. the ones. Are they white? Yeah, they're white. Yes, I'm familiar. No, I, 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 I never liked the way they looked, and then I actually put them on, and I now like the way they look. But they're also the best running shoes I've found because, much like you, even though I'm paying for mine, I'm very loyal to the Nike brand. <clears throat> Nick, are you starting to get the vibe of the show where I'm asking you what brand of cigarettes you smoke, and he asks you what what model of Nikes you're running in? <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how it goes over here at, at How Long Gone Industries. But I, I've just been. I've honestly been imp- impressed with your journey. I really have been because you've been really getting it in. Thanks. I've been I've been on a total like a. Uh, I was feeling frazzled by at the at the top of this year, and I think like a lot of people were. Um, not to be not to be earnest and responsive, <laughs> um, but I was. And um, I don't know. I felt like yeah, the running has really helped, and it's. Uh, and I do, like I said, I, I do. The, I meditate on Headspace in the morning. I become just totally fucking insufferable. Um, <laughs> welcome to that. the club. W- welcome to the club. Jason's a big meditator as well. I can't. Unfortunately, I run too hot and I'm unable to do it. But that could be an effort issue on my part. Yeah, uh, Nick, has has this changed the type of music that you're listening to? Perhaps. No, I'm still listening almost exclusively to um, early aughts pop hits um mm. and i that hasn't changed uh, <laughs> you're like nothing could stop me <laughs> yeah yeah like it's always uh, like emery or like uh or a black <laughs> with fergie it's they, there's not tons of wow days. that's actually very cool so, that's so a, you're, that's you're underappreciated going, you're, you're going on a, a woodsy <laughs> minneapolis run and you're listening to let's get it started in here by <laughs> bep featuring fergie and nothing if not a walking contradiction. It feels like <laughs> <laughs> that's a twisted place. The the inside of your earbuds, I gotta say, and I'm impressed by that. That era of do you think that's because that's a happy time in your life, or do you just really like that music that much? Um, I think that uh, I mean probably the former. I feel like I don't know when you're young and you're like dancing with friends and you don't have much there's a lack of self-awareness or I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. It brings me back to a, to a fun time. And, uh, and I feel like all the music now, like I'll listen to whatever's popular on Apple music. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the Bieber, Sean Mendez stuff is, it doesn't really mm-hmm. wait, <clears throat> excuse me. We're going to have to, we're gonna have to walk that back. Um, I, you know, as a member, as the president of the Sean Mendez hive, um, <laughs> That song is not good, but the wonder, the single, the, the 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 namesake song of the album is a smash. I would love for you to give it a spin and let me know what you think. Well, I thought that isn't the song wonder. Isn't is that not their their duet? No, no, that is not the duet. The duet leaves a lot to be desired. But I understand you as a as a fellow hot Canadian wanting to relate to the to that <laughs> song. You know what I mean? Like you you want to be the the the, the thruple yeah. the thruple with them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just not a good song. It, it, I agree with you. It's just not a good song. Yeah. But he's used to listening to early aughts pop music, which is like this explosion sonic boom. And, you know, Sean Mendes and Bieber, they're just like having some little like rinky dink acoustic jams, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, not, no, it's not shit that you're going to play at the Super Bowl. It's not Katy Perry. It's not black eyed peas. It's not a Marie. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, I just, you know, I think that, that that is a maybe I should explore an early 2000s pop hits playlist next time I pound the pavement. 
it just, it, all you need to do is type it in. <laughs> <laughs> all you need to do is type it in. I, I, that's true. I can't even think about a playlist that's, ma that's made for me. That makes my life so much easier. And then if I'm feeling, if I've had like a sort of bad day and I am feeling a little bit angsty, I'll do uh, 2000s uh, alternative. <laughs> do you have some, can you give us a couple examples of what alternative means to you? Or is it like Avril Lavigne or is it like, or like Bush or like Bush? Well, I think Bush would have been more 90s. Yeah, that's more 90s. Oh, that's true. I apologize. I'm showing my age. I apologize. No, no. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what's on this playlist. It's like, um, uh, Arcade Fire and mm, mm, mm. all it. those bands had Wolf in the There was like Wolf Parade. <laughs> wolf Mother? Wolf no, Mother. Wolf, wolf yeah. Parade was a Wolf Jet. Eyes. There, were, there was a lot of Wolf in there. I think yeah, Jet. Yeah, Jet. That, that was a good era for me, personally. Um, damn, that's I love the two halves. I love the yin and the yang of your running playlist. This is really interesting. <laughs> Because <laughs> I listen to I listen to Dipset and like fifteen Drake songs, and that's like as good as I'm gonna get. And then I'll throw in some pop punk to really bring me over the line. You know that really emotional, um, or I don't know if anyone else found it emotional, but Biden <laughs> came out with like an IGTV uh, clip or spot that had him coming off of an airplane to Eminem's "Lose Yourself." Oh God! Uh, oh God! Yes, yes. What and, did that? Like, you know, only get one shot. Um, and I did lead up to, I guess it was like post-election night um, from like whenever, you know, was it Tuesday to Saturday, however long that took, um, to, uh, I listened to that when I was running on a loop as like, <laughs> what? Um, and go between, you know, running faster miles than I'd ever run in my life to like crying like angry crying while running it was a, it was a real like wow. damn you're you're oh, shedding you just, skin like ashley simpson yeah you really are this is honestly you sound like you've had the best quarantine ever to be honest i'm like a little like i'm a little i'm a little i'm both jealous and inspired chris you should be jealous of his rebirth i know i know because i, I haven't i mean well also you've been working the whole time which i i know we've 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 skipped over but the making a magazine we've talked with a few people who who have you know made magazines in in quarantine and i think it's been different for everyone but did you find the process was it totally brutal or did you guys get the hang of it pretty quickly um i so we didn't end up doing we do six issues a year and we we had just closed uh the spring issue um as we were going into lockdown and the following summer we had about two months to produce that and we didn't end up doing it um in large part because it ended up being, it was it was sort of like I could furlough some of my staff and make mm -hmm. a magazine or not make a magazine and keep everyone. And we decided to, I, obviously it was a no brainer and we decided to keep everyone and focus on the website. So because of that, there was like a quite a big lull between the spring issue that we had put out and the September issue that we were then going to put out. Who was, who was on the cover of the spring issue? It was Selena Gomez. Um, yes, okay, okay, I remember. And uh, and then we put Lana on the September Lana Del Rey on the September mm. cover. Uh, we had a bit of time, I guess, is what I'm saying to figure I see. it out. Mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of I, I I miss everyone, and it's been you know now nine months or ten months since I've seen anyone IRL from the team. Um, but 
That's pretty uh, fucking crazy when you think about it. Like yeah, that's pretty wild. I mean, that's pretty wild. Like because you see them every day on fucking Zoom, but it just doesn't. I know it doesn't feel the same. Yeah, and and I mean, I've hired two people during the pandemic that I've never met <laughs> in real life. Yeah. They might not even exist at all. They could just yeah. be AI learning. What is what is Lil Michaela doing in Interview Magazine? That's a pretty crazy hire. <laughs> Well, Nick, uh, I've noticed or we've noticed that we've been doing this podcast over quarantine that it's kind of been easier to book guests to come on the show because people have more free time and they have less things to do. Has it been easier to convince celebrity celebrities to interview each other for the magazine? Uh, you know, it's never uh, I, I guess I don't I haven't noticed a big difference, to be honest. Um mm-hmm think uh it has been easier to get people who perhaps uh, everyone's a little bit freer i guess so mm-hmm. so yeah maybe that's maybe that's the truth is in there somewhere i haven't really noticed a tangible difference to be honest what i've noticed is that a lot of when we we sort of redirected much of our attention to the website over the summer um and it needed a bit of it needed quite a bit of love, and uh, so we all, yeah, we all like kind of banded together to to work on that. Um, and we were getting people like you know Nicole Kidman and Charlize Theron and Matthew McConaughey and like really famous famous people mm-hmm. to doing those interviews for the site when before I don't think we would have been able to get them. So I don't totally know if that's because of the content we kept working on the content um, or if. People, you know, Nicole Kidman was bored. <laughs> um, it's probably a little bit of all, a little yeah. bit of both. But I mean, how much of the stuff? How much of the stuff from the magazine goes online, and and how much is exclusive for the web? Um, everything that's in the magazine goes on the site, uh, and then I would say, um, no, I don't know about percentages. The, uh, I would, say, you know, we have like a two week rollout for each issue, and that happens six times a year and then the rest and so those two weeks are really like quite heavily populated by print material and then outside of that uh you know in that in that two-month window there's still a month and a half where it's all web content web original so we're doing a lot yeah no it is a lot i mean do you feel so do you i mean you know interview has like such a rich history do you do you feel that like is was there a pressure when you started or or is it something that you feel like i i can respect that, but make this thing my own and kind of continue on. I didn't when I started, when I, when I got the job. Um, and the, what were you doing before? Where were you before? I was at T magazine at the times. So. That's right. Okay. Okay. And I loved that job so much. Um, and I loved the people that I worked with and, uh, and I was in no way looking for another gig. And so they came to me, uh, asking me if I, if I'd like to talk about the interview job. And of course I was so flattered, but it was a weird position and like a nice position to be in to like want it, but also to be like very happy at what I was then doing. Um, so I guess I didn't do, I, I wasn't like, uh, I, I loved the magazine growing up, but I wasn't, um, you know, I hadn't read all of the Warhol biographies and I was yeah. I, I, I didn't I didn't feel like I was going to crumble under that pressure until I got there and until I sort of like rolled up my sleeves and started exploring the archives and uh, getting a better sort of firsthand sense of the history of this thing. 
Um, at which point I was already there and it was too late to panic, but I was panicked. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and then I started and I wanted to kind of reinvent it or rethink it. And, uh, and that took a minute to figure out how to do, but, um, but now I think we're in a kind of nice place where it's a mix of me and it's a mix of, uh, and then and the team that we have and, uh, and a mix of the the sort of nods to the history and the different eras of the magazine because it had so many you know pretty rich identities over the no, totally. And what's the what is the archive situation looking like? Like when this is all over, can I come browse or how how does it work? <laughs> yeah, take a look. It's a uh, you know it uh, there's a section that that is um uh that the, the, there's like a hardcover giant tomes that that have yes. within them have individual issues but then as it <laughs> progresses then they're sort of like you know <laughs> some of them are in plastic bags and they're you know everything is really it is not what i'm trying to say is it's not the content archives like you know you get but is it the, all there is it all there somewhere no it, that's it, like sometimes everyone always wants to look at the little cam there was like you know oh, of course the famous david la chapelle correct yeah with the louis vuitton monogram on her naked body and it's such an iconic cover and i don't think we have that one i, <laughs> I, I don't think we have that one yeah i don't know where that one is well uh, you can just buy one buy one on ebay slide it in you know what i mean it's who it, knows the difference yeah <laughs> I actually, I'm so I'm in my parents' house, and I was going through some of my archives here, and I did find my my personal favorite interview cover, which is Evan Dando surrounded by lemons with just his face sticking out by Bruce Weber, um, you know, which is one which is one of my favorites. So I just had to I just had to to tell you about it. I just I had to tell you about it. Love, I love that one, and it like is part of a weird time in the magazine's history when they went for like a food motif. Uh, <laughs> ads, and that like makes sense you know you get it but then i think around that time they also did a kathy bates issue um where it was the entire issue was themed corn and so like <laughs> what the fuck it's, so it's nuts and like the logo is rendered in kernels of corn and each of the cover lines is like a you know like like something pops like it's all it's mm. all like if off of corn. It's all corn puns. Yeah, As like somebody you can handle. Real. Yeah. Um, so they went through a phase. I don't know what was happening internally at the magazine. <laughs> yeah, me but, neither. Uh, at the very least, they were hungry. Yeah, they were starving. <laughs> they were super hungry. But you, you know, the new issue, so I actually, before we even had this planned, I, I, I think I, I saw the cover and I, I fucking love it. Like, I really like the cover and I found that a lot of these like quarantine shoots leave a lot to be desired. But I, for, for whatever reason, this one really hits for me. Um, and I mean, I'm, I know Nick, I'm a fan of Nick. Gabriella was on the podcast. We're obviously a fan of her, but even, even beyond that, I, I think it just really works. Um, and I think this is something very hard to do, but I feel like the collage effect you guys used um, really made it, made it work. I, I'd, I'd love to hear how it came together. Well, we, um, had been wanting to do Lakeith and uh, he was shooting the harder they, the harder they fall, I believe, which is a movie with um, uh, Idris Elba is in it. Yes. And kind of in the cast, Jonathan majors, I think. And they're shoot, they were shooting uh, in Santa Fe and uh, unbeknownst to us, when we booked the cover, clearly it was a huge Netflix production with hundreds of, 
people on staff and they were all isolated together. And so the idea of having <laughs> like us from the magazine traips in to shoot him, to mm -hmm. photograph him, um, was out of the question, but we didn't know that when we first booked it. Um, and you know, I think so you're saying this shit. So you're saying this shit is all planned, and then you later find out, like, oh, we can't risk a hundred people in Santa Fe. Well, the cover's booked. Like, yeah, we confirmed the cover. We're talking to Gabriella, and um, I don't know that Nick is on board yet. Um, but yeah, we're we were we were wanting to proceed with this cover, and then we find out that we actually have to do it remotely. Um, and in a normal time, some like you know a curveball like that, it would be quite easy to be like, okay, well, forget about it. Um, and I, too, have been, you know, it felt like everyone was doing the best possible version of, uh, of getting images for their magazines, but I was, I was so tired of seeing stuff on, you know, through FaceTime or, or Zoom, um, even though, you know, I, I get it. It's, it's, what, it's what we've all had to do. Um, and so we kind of wanted to lean into the artifice, of the, or not the artifice, but I guess the sort of... It, which is why we included and like yeah. Nick is so good at uh, at bringing you know bringing his collage elements into it, and so he had the idea of a including the the cover as an image on a phone on the cover of a print magazine, which I thought was fun and and cheeky to begin with, and uh, and then yeah, inside you know there it's like the text exchanges or the G chats or the or the. Uh, the messages that are going back and forth during the shoot talking about how major he looks or how we need more of this. And we thought, you know, pulling back the curtain a little bit instead of trying to ignore the fact that this was all done virtually uh, and mm -hmm. try and lean into it as a bit of a of the moment. It, I don't know. Made it more interesting. But yeah, no, it, do, it, it does make it more interesting. I mean, I think that like my favorite is when, when people were faking like celebrities were shooting it themselves. Like that's my, that was my favorite part of quarantine. It's like, bitch, come on. We ain't stupid. We, we are not falling for that. Um, but I think that celebrities I, were shooting themselves. What do you mean? I think that GQ is like Robert Pattinson shoots himself for the cover. And it's like oh, yeah, very yeah. well done. It's very well done. Like it's, it's a little too well done for an amateur. You know what I mean? There, there are some professional elements that are required. Um, but I think that like, this is the most interesting way to do that. And I think that it's, it, it also feels like what's funny to me is that it's coming so deep into quarantine. You, you know what I mean? It's coming like it almost took this long for, for it to be good. Mm -hmm. Well, interesting. Cause we did, um, we did the Lana cover and Lana Del Rey's sister, Chuck photograph yeah. in, in person. Um, and we kind of got away because we didn't do a summer issue at the height of when everyone was doing the remote shoots, we didn't actually engage with that type of shoot all that much. And yeah. so now that everybody's so totally like on the other side of not having to do these kind of shoots, that's when, <laughs> that's when we started. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, look, if you, if, if honestly, I think this might be the best one. I really like it. So if you, if you go out on top, that's fine. You know what I mean? It's, it's a better place to be. Um, <laughs> I also wanted to ask about the the. I feel like you guys. I mean, this is a little bit nerdy, but I feel like you guys changed the size and the paper, the stock as well. Am I yeah. wrong? No, we um, uh, we went down in size uh in like 2017, maybe, and in large part it was because uh we weren't getting the placement that we wanted on uh, mainstream newsstands because they couldn't accommodate an oversized yeah. magazine. Yeah. Uh, 
I was going to say that as a, as a magazine collector, I find the oversized thing to be like cool first flip through, but then for storage purposes, it's a little bit annoying. Yeah, absolutely. And like, nobody wants to, I mean, we're back to a huge size, but nobody wants to, nobody wants to carry around. Mm-hmm. It, it's, like you're, it's a commitment in a way that you have to really be dedicated to the thing. So we went smaller, and then we didn't want it to seem as if we were doing the like, uh, I don't know, I, you know, magazines will go like shrink in size, and the paper stock gets thinner, and then all of a sudden, yeah. it's gone. So we uh, wanted to increase the stock, and that just felt disingenuous and felt more like a European fashion magazine. So we tried that for a bit, and that wasn't right. Um, and anyway, yeah, we've we've gone back up to the scale and to the, the paper stock of of the sort of '80s era of the magazine, yeah. which is boring yeah. thing with what we want to be doing anyway. Which is like, you know, it's not precious and it's uh, it feels sort of of the moment and maybe a little bit temporary or or you know urgent, I guess. What what magazines did you read growing up? I, I know that that was like probably the most important part of my development between besides like punk and hardcore was like discovering magazines when I was in middle school and high school. So I'd love to know in, in suburban Ontario, what you had access to. Yeah. Um, I read, uh, Vanity Fair's, uh, I, I, like I didn't really, Vanity Fair was a little too, uh, intelligent for me when I was like, when I, at that age. So I wasn't like that interested in the comings and goings of like boardroom execs, but I did always love, would issue and like the threefold gatefolds, you know, the big Annie Lee Woods covers that are like stitched together. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you get to like the third page, and there would be like Graydon Carter's dog, and like, I, yeah, <laughs> I love those ones. Uh, Graydon is Graydon is my king. So you're talking to a you're talking to a person who's subscribed to airmail until until it goes into the grave. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, but it really was for that issue. I was like, that was the special issue. Yeah. Um, in the same way that like Entertainment Weekly would always do a year-end roundup um, of the best and worst entertainers, I'm sure they still do. Uh, and that was always like I would, I really, really loved that one. Why um, does I want to ask you this because I I feel yeah. like Entertainment Weekly comes up a lot. It's like a respected magazine among people in the business, and I I just that one never really like came across my desk for lack of a better term. What is it? What about it? I, I just don't get it. What's the appeal there? Just good writing. Uh, I think it's like an unabashed, uh, not, there's no elitism to it. It's like, mm. you know, they'll, they'll talk about uh, the latest real housewives franchise, but also, I don't know, like a new, a new art house film. Um, yeah. and with equal sort of glee, um, and reverence, uh, and I think they had really good. Like Owen Gleiberman was a film critic there for I don't know, maybe still is. Um, and like Gillian Flynn had a call in there. Do I say Harji? Gillian Flynn, um, <laughs> the Gone Girl writer. Yeah, um, yeah. And Stephen King had a TV column for that. I don't know. They had like cool. They just did a good. They just did a good job. Basically, it was better than it needed to be. Yeah. Um, and so I like that. But then, really, for me, the face was my f- absolute favorite magazine right. like framed covers on my wall and uh i thought it was like it was like cool and horny and like party i i, I love that that's how that's actually how people describe jason so i'm glad that you brought that up <laughs> cool and horny and party yeah yeah, yeah exactly i'm always shiny that's- 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the face is probably the most important for, for me as well. But it also, I think it had that like British sheen to it that made it more glamorous than it would have been if it was an American. Yeah, I think so too. There's a, did you ever read Alan Hollinghurst's The Line of Beauty, the book? No. He, um, there's a character in it who works for the face. And I think like there's, there's like the, the gay sex part of it that really like spoke to me, but then there was also this character who worked in the face that it, uh, used to read it. <laughs> I, I mean, I love when a character works in a magazine and it's realistic. It's rare, so you know that sounds that sounds yeah. good to me. <laughs> that must have been your Bible growing up, then. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we've been talking we've been talking about uh, industry a lot on this podcast because the sex seems pretty graphic. Have you watched that? Oh, it's wild. <laughs> I haven't watched it because I can't watch it. I just don't care enough. It's crazy. How do, how, does night, the, how do the sex scenes make you feel? Comfortable or uncomfortable? Um, there, there's not a lot of like romance in any of the sex scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and like clinical. Uh, I think you're. I think you're really conflicted when you're watching it because uh, there's there's an exchange. There's like a. I don't know. There's, there's like, there's an exchange. They're trading something in the way that they're doing with their day jobs with their bodies. Um, mm. and Interesting. Like, nice. And it's like, you know, there's, they're having sex in like stall, bathroom stalls at the holiday party. I, I actually, I don't know if that's true, but um, they're doing, co- like, they're doing coke in there. They're doing coke. They're, they're trading but, sex like a, yeah. like a, like a, like a freaking stock. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like a freaking stock. I mean, I, I just, I is it so? So is that something that I actually need to watch? Do both of you yeah, agree? You, yeah, you should absolutely watch. Yeah, it. the first episode I found really hard to. I, I was not sold, and then, as is often the case, I'm off, I'm usually on the wrong side of history. Like I remember thinking the Lady Gaga was a fad. Um, and <laughs> damn, for, don't do not for, say for a few years. Are, I think we all felt that way. I yeah, I, I was like. Yeah. We should do anything with her. I don't think that's going to last. I'm always wrong, um, and that's what happened with industry. I was like, I don't really get it. And then everyone told me to go back and rewatch it, and then I got past the first episode, and I think it's great. Did you like the uh, "We Are Who We Are"? Because I couldn't get past the first episode of that. Um, I want no. I, I only watched the first two episodes. See, I, I okay. I feel vindicated then. Jason definitely didn't watch I, I that. It's a little too that, highbrow. I don't even. That's know a little too that highbrow. Is. That's a little too highbrow for Jason. Is, it, um, is that on the Criterion Channel, Chris? Where would you find that? <laughs> no, that's no. It's on HBO. It's um, <laughs> I can't I can't ever pronounce his last name. Nick, can you pronounce his last name? Yeah, Guadagnino. Guadagnino. <laughs> wow, damn! Don't flex on me like he that. He had that Luca one ready to go. <laughs> who did "Call Me by Your Name," Jason? Mm, and yes. it's it's you know it's starring it's starring your favorite actor and rapper Kid Cudi. <sighs> God, why would why would somebody watch that? Well, Chloe Sevigny's in it as well, so okay. it's a little bit. Of, it, it has something for me and something uh, not for me, which which led me led me to li- at least watch one episode, you know, which I thought was reasonable. But have you have you been digesting a lot of content during this downtime when you're not exercising? Have, what what would you recommend? What are the top top programs other than films? chiropractic videos on your explore page? <laughs> yeah, of course. Wait, they can't say enough good things about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching. I feel like um, HBO Max has really stepped up their game over the past little while as everyone is sort of struggling to, you know, because all the productions halted. So, like, people are running out of TV. Mm, Uh, 
But HBO Max uh, has come out with um, The Flight Attendant. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you like The Flight Attendant? I think it's so good. It's, I mean, it's not good. I, I think I just think it's such a fun, soapy thing to watch. And it's, I don't know, she's traveling a lot. And Wait, hold it, on. This is, just to be clear, this stars Kelly Kuoko, known horse girl and former, <laughs> former, Former sex pot of that nerd show on ABC, right? Big Bang Theory. And also the artwork of the show stolen from, from Mad Men's opening credits. But carry on. You're, you're right <laughs> on counts. Although, <laughs> also, she was, uh, she was on one season of Charmed, and she was on her big break was on Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter with uh, John Ritter. And uh, wow. she... She is kind of a comedic. I just watch it. She's kind of a comedic genius, and the cast is rounded out by Rosie Perez mm-hmm. and um, what's her face from Girls, uh, Shoshana. What's? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And and Rosie okay. was just in the newest issue of Interview, yeah. Yeah, she did a yeah she did a piece in the new issue. Um. Anyway, I miss that great. gal. So you, so you would. It sounds like you're cool, cool hive over there. Am I wrong? Yeah, I, I'm. You, you just listed her IMDb credits. Like you might have a, a shrine to her in your house. Yeah, you have been reading <laughs> EW, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm obsessed. Oh, Kelly. <laughs> I call her Kelly. I never knew. I've never known anybody who likes Kaylee Kawoka like this. This is very interesting. Because didn't she marry like a horse trainer that she met at the stables? <laughs> she and uh, they're both they're both horse girls, um, which is a thing I've only heard about like recently. Yeah, yeah, they're both they're both equestrian. But usually, like, like the phrase "horse girl," it's not often used so literally as in somebody who owns and rides horses and meets people at the stables. I, I don't know what it normally. It, <laughs> Yes, it does. It's just well, it can also mean like a type of person, but I think they have to have an equestrian background. Obviously, I think it's. I think you could use it to describe some, you know the same way it'd be like a visco girl, like that type of energy. Like yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not. Wrong, you know, I'm just. But, I'm saying you don't need to own a saddle to be a horse girl. Okay, that's 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 true. And Kaylee, I think Kaylee probably owns a lot because you know. When you're on the most popular television show in America that no one I know ever watched, you're you're raking in the money. Yeah, speaking of, Nick, you call yourself a, a Kelly fan. Name five episodes of Big Bang Theory. <laughs> the, by, by the titles of the show? That's right, you heard me. Don't <laughs> act like you don't know them. You know, back in Toronto watches that show. It's you know, syndicated forever. Um, mm-hmm. So usually on, but I don't know. I, I never got into that show. Good for you. Well, are you so as a Canadian? Do you is it? Are you contractually obligated to love Shit's Creek? I love Shit's Creek. Um, uh, I've unabashedly love Shit's Creek. I think uh, Dan is a friend, and I mm. think Sarah is like the greatest comedian. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's great, and I think it, it like I don't totally understand the narrative of this like show that kept chugging along until i mean i i realized that that is what happened but from day one it was kind of it was a great show yeah i agree with you i always heard it was good from day one but you're right people act like it was constantly like the underground like come from behind and like everybody's always said this is good it's kind of i think the humor like like eugene levy's it's like people will love watching best in show or waiting for Guffman or all those movies, but like they don't, they don't make a shitload of money at the box office. It's just like, you know, they'll make $7 million and then it'll live for infamy as a cult classic. Right. 
No, I mean, but they won. I mean, Dan, who looked great in Tom Brown, I'd like to add in the skirt, which I love seeing a man in a skirt, as you know, Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did win every possible Emmy Award. It was crazy. Yeah, the, like, the, the last like, season's a great show, Chris. You should watch it. They won so many awards, it was mind-blowing. It was really impressive. They, just, they won all, all, all of them. They yeah, they won. I think they they won every award they were nominated for. I think, yeah. which is like kind of unheard of. I, I, I if in, unless I'm mistaken, but that's. I mean, I, you watched Jason. Did you watch all of it or just the last season? I think I watched all of it. Yeah, but you know, the last season they did a really good job at tying it all up in a bow. Not a dry eye in the house over here in Glendale when the when the credits credits Do you played. Cry at the end. Is crying while watching TV. Uh, I I it doesn't happen that often, but I'm I it does happen for sure. Um, and I welcome it, you know. It's the only I time only, I really do get a good squirt. <laughs> I'm, I'm only able to shed tears entertainment-wise if it's a movie and it's uh, coming of age. So you're not, it's not like during necessarily a tragic moment. It's during a lesson. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Nick, tragedy does not wa- do anything to my cold, dead heart. Same. I need to, it needs to be perks of being a wallflower and they're listening to Bowie in the car and life is just ahead of them, you know? Yeah, I think the cold-hearted dad who's like rather stoic throughout the entire show just needs to tell his son that he's proud of him. And that's mm. then that's when the tears that's when the tears start flowing for you. Yeah. You gotta go for a run to shake it yeah. all out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, Nick, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Guys, thanks so much for having me. This is so fun. You're you're great. And uh the new issue of interview uh with Lakeith Stanfield is it in on shelves now? Yeah, it's out. It's on Nick, out of, out of all the interviews in this issue, which one is your personal favorite? Which one do I like the most? I guess there's Glenn Close is in the issue, and we shot her at her ranch in Bozeman, Montana. Nice. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg interviewed her, and it is a delight. I would recommend Leg- Legends only. Glenn Close and Whoopi Goldberg. Two Nick's queens. rubbing elbows with the best, Jason. We're losers, bro. We're, yeah, we're and, lucky and to be And I was saying before we, we called you, like, this interview, like, that's just one of, like, 10 just home run interviews of like bam you got this person talking to this person unbelievable so well done thank you very much mm-hmm. uh th- yeah nick we'll talk to you soon uh okay. guys uh nick is available on instagram um and the magazine's on shelves now uh we'll talk to you soon i guess take care thank bye, you bye.